Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation, around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 346. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today, my co-host, Corey Romero. Corey, how are you doing today? Doing well, Eric. How are you? Uh, a little bit sick. We all went to Spain, and I came back with, uh, with uh, a fun cold, head cold, of course. Right? But yeah, I'm recovering. Yeah. yeah, well, at least you're recovering. There you go. Yeah, most of the people from the VMworld team that came back from Europe ended up with this cold, right? It, 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 I think it hit about half the people that were there, right? So I don't know, somebody. We, we, we blame it on our vice president, Jeff Spicer, because he was sick before <laughs> we went, and he had meetings with everybody. And so it's his fault. You know, we're going to yeah, dinner with him, with him as well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I had dinner with him, yeah. hung out with him, all that. I went back to him yesterday, and I said, hey, by the way, did you have a, like a real severe head cold and like need antibiotics and all kinds of stuff? Cause he goes, yeah, I, I did. I was. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what's funny, I know what's that's funny key, about that's that is, is, is in the cab ride, I, I shared a cab with Jeff going to VMworld from uh, Hotel 1898. And one of the right. we, one of the things that we talked about was uh, my first encounters with you as my boss and being sick and walking into a conference room with a, with a cold, I think he told me just the plain words of "get out." <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm not, I'm not a fan of being sick, and I'm not a fan of people that come to the work environment and get everybody else sick. Right. So, right. Yeah. The goal of stopping it through the winter is actually just just don't come to work. Right. Like just stay home. Right. Like do yeah. us all a favor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, that that didn't happen. But I'm I'm on the mend, which is good. Uh, so on the show today, we got the. We don't have any particular guests, but we do have stuff to talk about. I mean, in a real sense, Mr. Romero, you are you are my guest because on the agenda we have 2016 planning for the the expert uh, program, which is which is pretty cool. We got some good things that we're planning for 2016 around the experts. We got a lot of feedback uh, from uh, the V expert meetings we had in U.S. and Barcelona, and we're taking some of that to heart. So we got some changes underway we're going to do with the program. So uh, in a sense, I'll be doing an interview with you to talk about kind of the things you're looking at and then some of the things that I know uh, Mr. Spicer, I, you know, we reviewed some of those plans with him and got some feedback on that. So we can talk through what 2016 looks like for V experts and the V expert program, uh, which I think people will be excited about. Um, then we have spooky IT stories. I don't really have any spooky IT stories, but it's Halloween. We're coming up, trick-or-treat this weekend, so we can always talk a little bit about that. Um, we have vCloud, Air, and VirtuStream, and the announcements thought we would drill down a little bit into what does that mean, what happens to vCloud Air, and uh, where, where we see that going. So that's pretty cool. So we can talk a little bit more about that because some of that information has come to light over the last week or so as we announced that vCloud Air and VirtuStream are merging. Uh, EMC and VMware have 
put that together. So we can talk a little bit about that. And finally, if we have some time, um, I'm going to say it, badass machines. And I don't have to bleep myself because we are on the Internet. We are not on a broadcast television network. So badass machines and Windows 10. So um, I hired some new guys and I got to talk to them about building water-cooled eight-core machines and how fast you can clock them. I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about that and Windows 10 if we get some uh, get a chance. I know that uh, products coming out are going to be uh, in the desktop and user world are going to be supporting Windows 10, and we can talk a little bit about what does it mean in the PC world versus thin client world versus Mac world. So that's a pretty pretty big yeah. agenda for for the for the two of us. Um, so are you going to play the song in the background? Just the two of us. You know what? No. I thought about it. A little bit. Little bit. There, there you go. You go. Do a little dance here. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Awesome. Well, that's so, a pretty good agenda. Yeah. Yeah, we got one, and uh, we got a big long list of people on the chat window today, so maybe we'll get some interesting comments from them. Uh, today, we're doing it a little bit off time, so uh, we had we got pushed back an hour this week. It's an only a this week time, but thanks for everybody showing up on the chat. We really appreciate those guys who can make it live. Normally, we do Wednesday. 12 to 1 Pacific Coast time. All right, so let's get started. On the news, we'll do the news first. Uh, news, let's see. First thing is Dell acquisition. Um, we've been pushing out social a little bit about what does it mean when Dell acquires us, and the answer back from Michael Dell was, doesn't mean anything, same old, same old. In fact, we expect maybe a billion dollars extra revenue going to VMware because of uh, a closer relationship between us and Dell, which I find pretty fascinating. So we've been pushing out in the social channels some of the articles that have been written up on the fact that this is going to make the VMware ecosystem bigger, not smaller. Um, From a community perspective and a social perspective, it just means we get to a larger audience because Dell actually has in their social channels, you know, uh, millions more social followers than VMware does because they actually do, they are in, in a little bit more of a consumer space as well, right? So uh, they do enterprise, obviously, but they also have, you know, a consumer brand um, with a lot of consumer followers. And so we're getting uh, to, to work with them more closely means that uh, we should actually get a, a broader reach um, as we start doing more social with with Dell, we've already we've always done social with Dell. Uh, we we support Dell World, um, but this should be interesting in that it makes the ecosystem a little bit bigger than we would traditionally have. And so we've been pushing that article out on social. I don't know if you've seen that on Dynamic Signal, um, Corey, but we we obviously push out to all the av- uh, the experts um, Dynamic Signal, and then we push out those articles. And I've seen like 30 or 40 shares on some of these articles. So we're trying to get that message out. I don't know if, if you've seen it. You know, I have not seen it. All right. Well, that's just because you're not on the tools enough. You need to be on those tools every day of your life, right? You know, in there, looking at the tools, pushing out those articles. Um, our CMO, Robin Matlock, actually reached down to us and said, hey, could we, you know, could we spread that message a little bit? around the fact that, you know, really Dell is leaving us alone, right? The, some of the articles that have been written out there have been like, yeah, our partner ecosystem is going to stay the same. Uh, Dell isn't coming down making us, you know, just do Dell. Uh, we still have relationships with, 
uh, with uh, HP, IBM, Lenovo, all the people that make servers, we're still obviously going to continue in those relationships. And Dell's going to continue in some of their relationships as well. Like I don't expect that uh, you know, they will just drop other hyper-converged hyper products and move to Evo Rail. They actually sell uh, Nutanix and uh, SimpliVity and others, and I don't expect them to, to change that. And so we don't really see a, a lot of change in our ecosystem or in our, our, our product line or practices. And, and that's a good thing. We actually see it as an as a expansion of our market and our potential market. So pretty cool. So really haven't seen any other change from that. Now, we're not going to see the deal close till shoot, middle of next year, right? So right. wouldn't expect to see that much change anyway. But even in our 2016 planning, there's literally no impact with regards to us being bought or EMC being bought because the, the goal is for EMC, uh, Dell to leave us alone. And, you know, we continue to do business like we always have. Um, it, it's Dell definitely was, a unique yeah. relationship that, that's, gonna, that, that's forming between VMware and Dell in the sense that uh, they are still partnering, partnering, partnering with other companies and, and they're leaving us alone. Like I'm reading the article right here and it just says message from Michael Dell committed to VMware independence and open ecosystem, which is, which I think is great, which I think is, is beneficial for both Dell, the ecosystem and VMware. Yeah, I think so. Um, now the interesting thing is of many years ago when EMC bought us, you know, the EMC was the big guy. You know, VMware was little, but we've always had the I love virtual machines, I love VMware. And, uh, you know, then over time, VMware got so big and so, so famous and continued to grow at accelerated rates that we became almost more valuable than EMC. And um, I don't know if we could do that against Dell, right? Dell's pretty big. They're going to be a $100 billion company now. So, um, but in a, in a real sense, uh, as long as we continue to post growth and and do the things that computing needs over the over the long haul, I think we've we've got uh, potential of growing up and being you know as big as Dell or continuing to grow. And if they leave us alone, that's that's exactly what we need to have in order to continue to offer you know generic IT computing services and technologies to the data center you know for years to come. So right. pretty neat. So that's in the news like that. Uh, Dell World was last week. Uh, got to watch some of that. Interesting news item was just some of the interviews they had with Michael Dell about um, Michael Dell's relationship with uh, um, with Microsoft, right, and how that plays uh, because Microsoft and Dell are really, really close, right? And so I believe Microsoft uses Dell servers in Azure, the cloud, and so. Um, this should be an interesting development as uh, EMC had a good, solid relationship with Microsoft, but I wouldn't call them the inside core partner environment. And so I think we're going to see a little more alignment with Microsoft. Um, and, and we have always been aligned closely with Microsoft in the past. I mean, most of our business has been virtualizing, you know, Windows environments, right? I mean, that's 80% of the business we do is, is virtual, virtualizing Windows uh, payloads. Um, but I can see that over, the, over, over time, um, that will change as, uh, as Dell uh, is a key partner with 
Microsoft. It'll be interesting to see how that impacts VMware's relationships. If we are truly independent, then shouldn't make any difference whatsoever. Uh, if there is some boardroom deals that go up further at the Dell level, right, you could see more alignment uh, with Microsoft where in the last maybe five years we have been competing with Microsoft uh, at the at the hypervisor level, right? So Hyper-V versus ESX. Um, so we'll see if that competitive competition continues to thrive or possibly Microsoft climbs up the stack and worries about other things. Uh, and Dell provides platform and services to Microsoft for the cloud. So you can see where some of that upper level dynamics might change. I think all in all, that'll be good for VMware either way. If it doesn't change, it's fine. If it does change, I think it'll change in a positive way where we'll spend less time worrying about Microsoft, right? And worrying about other people that, you know, are in the data center, but not necessarily Microsoft. So kind of cool, um, which actually brings us back to the last subject, which is, you know, Windows 10 and bad bleep machines, right? So um, we'll talk a little bit about that. So that's my news in that, um, you know, Dell World last week. Some of the things out of Dell World were, were Michael talking about his close relationship with Microsoft and Azure, so which we thought was pretty cool. Um, and that's about it. What's happening in VMUG World? So VMUG, so opening up to next week, uh, November 2nd. Wow, I can't believe it's already November. November 2nd is the Singapore VMUG. Uh, and that's, November, that's next week already? Yeah, that's, that is next week already. Right. My, oh, my. Okay. Halloween's just around the corner, and November 2nd is Monday, Singapore. Tuesday is a continued Singapore VMUG meeting, uh, along with a Portland VMUG user con. Wednesday, November 4th, is Salt Lake City. VMUG UserCon, Northwest Atlanta, uh, Arkansas VMUG meeting, and then Thursday the 5th is a SoCal VMUG UserCon, a Wichita VMUG meeting, Virginia Islands VMUG meeting, Orlando VMUG meeting. So a lot of stuff going on next week. Nice. Yeah, yeah. VMUG continues to roll on. So uh, good for them. I know that they are looking at 2016 planning and how to make VMUG even better, right, and how to make VMUG, you know, like, yeah, we were talking the other day about VMUG and the uh, V coffees um, that are going on and V beers, right? Uh, I want right. V coffee. You said there's they have V beers where everybody gets together, and that the V beers to me feels like the old VMUGs, right? Where everybody gets together and just talks shop, right? And it's a right. gathering of people and community, and it's no longer this big event thing. So um, I was just thinking there should also be like a V coffee or like a V build your badass Windows machine kind of meeting, right, where everybody could get together and talk shop about, you know, using the products, right? So right, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. It's more of a personal conversation with the V beers, you know, where you can do the similar thing to V coffee, just a more personal, personal, you know, vendor neutral conversation just about virtualization and VMware in general. Right. So, and that yeah, was what like that, that was that was what VMUGs were supposed to be, right? So right, it's right. interesting that, that VMUG turned into kind of like a bigger mid sized conference in these regions with larger and then V V whatever's, V coffees, V beers, uh right. V whatever's uh are actually turning into the, the you know, meet people and talk about given subjects in the region itself, which is interesting. So I think VMUG's gonna try to, you know, pull some of that back together, right, and offer people the opportunity to, to meet and to talk without needing 
to drink beer. Right? Um, right. Not that I have any problem with beer. It just seems like we drank an awful lot of beer. <laughs> Did we drink beer? <laughs> I think we had beer at the V-Expert party. I think we had beer at the main party. I think we had beer when we didn't have beer. Um, yeah, so I think I'm all beered up right now. So Yeah, um, yeah. So good thing on that, good thing on, uh, you know, trying to get people together in meetings locally that aren't just about vendor-related big technologies but conversations. I think that's going to be agenda item for 2016 to see if we can, you know, move VMUGs along in that in that direction, which I think is pretty cool. All right. Yeah, I so, started talking to, uh, to Gene Williams about uh, lining up uh, V experts with VMUGs a little, little tighter, um, to, you know, a little, little better integration there where we have um, – Vendor neutral conversations um, from V expert. So V expert can sign up to speak at a certain V mug, uh, and then you know they'll present their, their topic, their idea, and it's a completely vendor neutral um, topic and discussion. So um, I think it's I think, I think yeah I think definitely I think 2016 is going to definitely be a, be a shift um, back towards what it used to be. Yeah, that, that's what I say. And it used to be as almost like five or six years ago. So it, yeah, it, right. it's good to go and turning the dial way back way back, which is which is pretty cool. Um, all right, so news. What else is in the news? Uh, hey, our stock is slowly recovering. Um, so if you follow VMware stock, which, you know, we're not financial advisors, so everything we say here is basically our own personal opinions, it, it had dropped down to like $57 a share, which is like, yeah, that's like, it was, a, it was running at 80 to 90, right? And dropping down to 50 is, is uh, it's quite a drop, but I see it slowly climbing back up as the story gets out. So, right for us, right, right. Um, which we we announced our numbers. They were they were good. They were in line. They exceeded. Um, and so I, I think there has been a lot of. There's been three different prongs of why the stock kind of slipped. One, they haven't gotten the message out that Dell acquiring us does not really change anything. Even the tracking stock isn't really changing the VMware stock. Um, right. So I was, it explained to me the idea that if you're following VMware stock at all, there was about 19% of all stock was, was in the public domain as a stock, right? You know, just as regular share stock, voting rights, all that. That 19% that's out there has not changed. And it will not change. It's still the same VMW stock, and you can go buy it on the open market, just like all of us have done, and own various shares and so forth and so on. Right? That hasn't changed. Then you hear VMW turning into a tracking stock. Well, that's not actually true. That's a that's not that's not a, my the way I understand it. It's not true. What happened is the 81 percent that EMC owned. They're taking 50% of that 81% and making it available as a tracking stock, right? So that means that there's just going to be a whole nother ticker symbol, right, um, that will be a different stock, stock ticker that represents the 50% of the shares that EMC had owned. And they're going to basically sell that. It will be offered at value to all the EMC shareholders today, and you'll get that stock as part of the purchase. So basically, they're giving all the EMC shareholders of that 50% that EMC owned of VMware, they're just going to make, give it to the EMC shareholders as a new stock that tracks the VMware stock. So VMware right. is not necessarily a tracking stock. It, they've just spun out 50% of VMware's ownership as a tracking stock to VMware, where 
that used to not be in the public. It used to be just owned by EMC. Now EMC will not own it because EMC will not exist. And Dell didn't have enough money to buy that 50% of VMware from the EMC stock holders. So they just gave them that that tracking stock as a way to pay them, right? And because of the tracking stock, it'll always have the same value as what the main VMware shares have. So VMware stock is exactly the same as it's always been. It's 19% of the company, and everybody that owns it still owns exactly the same percentage they used to own, and BMW stock behaves exactly the same way. This tracking stock refers to that other 50% that EMC used to hold private. They're now putting that in the public market. And if you want to go own part of that, you can go buy it. It'll be on the public market, and it'll trade. It should trade exactly at the same price as the BMW stock because it's actually set up set up to do that so interesting there now that people are starting to understand that our stock i think our stock price is recovering um which is good there you go that's all i got to say about that but uh, i'm happy that the stock price is recovering and analysts have started to write decent articles about that so a lot of news going on around vmware what does it mean what does dell mean all that's trickling out but our, our stock has slowly started to recover this week we're over 60 now and I expect that to, to, to normalize to whatever our general growth projections are as the entire purchasing rolls out. All right, that's it for news. We've taken a lot of time on the news today, but there, it has been a lot of news in the cycle. So should we do 2016 planning first or what we're going to do with the experts and get into some of that before well, we – Yeah, but- before we do that, we did skip a news item, which is which is V Expert. So there's a there's a big announcement for V Expert. So V Expert 2016 applications will open um, next week, and there's a deadline of December 18th with a February 5th announcement. So the applications for both new V Experts and current V Experts will open uh, sometime next week. I'm thinking more Wednesday, Thursday-ish. Right. So once a year. You have to go apply again, right? I mean, you have a quick application for the people that have been the experts, right? So if you've been a V expert, then it's easy to go to do a quick app app to get, you know, renewed, right? But you do have to t- take that time to get renew yourself, right? If you miss that, you're not going to get a V expert for that next year. Is that right? Uh, two, two, ish, yeah, ish. Yeah, ish. I've, I've had I've had several V experts, and since they're already V experts, and we have all of their information and kind of, kind of what they've been up to, I've had a few V experts in the past that have missed it. Just they they missed my email, they've missed the tweets, and they've gone, oh my gosh, how do I get back in? And I just said, hey, send me your information, send me kind of what you've been up to um, over the over the last year since last year's announcement, and we'll review it and get you back into the program. So um, right, for so the, it's not the, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't have a hard stop until previous VX experts. Yeah, no. So, well, let's put it let's put it this way: we have a forgiveness policy if you right. happen to miss the application deadline, right. Right? right? But in the end, we have now fifteen hundred VX experts, give or take, uh, and we can't babysit fifteen hundred people, right? I mean, you have to go through the process, and we have the process somewhat automated now, so that it gets farmed out to different groups that are doing the reviews, right? We're not the only ones that just do the reviews on the VExpert program. And so the whole thing is set up with a structure to be able to handle the volume that we have. If you've ever had to process 1,500 of everything, it's an awful lot of people to to, to, (laughs) to process, right? right? When you start with 100, it's great, and then you get to 200. By the time you're at like 460, you're like, oh, my God, this is a huge number, right? And (laughs) it can take literally weeks and weeks and weeks to get through a list of 1,000, let alone – 
1,500, that's 1,500, right? Uh, so if you miss that, that means that you're out of the automated cycle. It's a lot harder for us to deal with, right, where now we have to sit and we have to do them ourselves because we don't really have a good automated process for people that miss the deadlines, right? Correct. Correct. All right. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So if you're listening to this, get your V-Expert nomination in. It's only once a year. You get it in. There's a short form for uh, for people that, you know, that have been a V-Expert in the past. Um, and now, great announcement, and let's just reiterate, what are those dates? So the dates, the application, so applications will open uh, next or next week, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, the right. deadline to apply for V-Expert is December 18th, and the, the, the announcement um, for V-Expert 2016 will be February 5th. All right, good, good, all right, perfect. Um, so let me ask you this. VCDXs were kind of grandfathered into the program this year, right? Um, right. Where we picked up, you know, the 100-plus VCDXs that were out there. Um, how are we communicating? Because these VCDXs really didn't go through the application process, right? Are we going to communicate to them to let them know that, hey, you know, we put you in this year. Do, you get, do they get automatically put in next year, or do they have to apply? New V experts or new, new VCDXs will will automatically be put in next year. Um, the v, VCDXs that are V experts today will have to reapply. So we, just just because you're you're automatically put into the pro, into the program because you're VCDX doesn't mean that that will happen every year. You still need to put in an application. Say, you know, this is these are my updates. This is kind of what I've been doing for the past year. So we kind of expect that from everybody in the program. Right. So for the VCDXs, they had to. They got the op, They got the benefit of avoiding the long form, right? Which is you know a lot of work to fill out the long form. But they still have to do a short form, right? Right. Correct. Right. Correct. This year they have to do a short form. Unless you're a brand new VCDX, then as part of the you becoming a brand new VCDX, we'll do the long form for you, and we know what you've done because you've applied for VCDX. You got your VCDX. So forth. the short form. What's on the short form? So the short form is just uh, what do you you know so so it's, it's real easy so uh, what is your Twitter handle did that change for some reason email address country uh, blog URL blog RSS feed and uh, company I think I mentioned company so it's, and then, and then the, the, long, the longest piece of it is what have you been up to what have your what have your community contributions been um, since the last announcement which is the 2015 announcement so we just kind of Want an update of your personal information? Have you changed jobs? Have you changed roles? And then what have you been up to? So like, what have you been contributing back to the community since since the announcement? So. Great, great. All right, cool. There you go. So uh, it's open. When did it open? Have it, has it opened or it's going to open when? It opens, it opens next week. Next week. So you're going to have a month, a little over a month to get your, get your app in. Right. right. Yep. Do we send out that uh, warnings to all the V experts? If you're a V expert on the mailing alias, do we do we send out a hey, don't don't miss it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we put that out to all the V experts, and then we'll go out on social. We'll put it out in the blogs as well. Um, I'll contact VMUG. We usually go in the VMUG newsletter as well. Um, also in the in the partner newsletter. So I'll contact the partner team, the VMUG team, and then put it out in social. You know, various social right. properties. So great. Right. So uh, that that's a, a perfect segue to next agenda item, which is 2016 and V expert. Um, so where do we think we're going with this? Uh, we talked about uh, some of our goals and objectives. Uh, what do you think are the big things that you're trying to accomplish in 2016 with the V expert program? 
So one of the one of the biggest things on my my personal list is um, a V expert self service portal, which I've been building. Um, which is um, so for, for, for V experts, all of your data will be in the self service portal. You log in, you can update your data. Um, handling fifteen hundred V experts on a daily basis is is, is kind of like you know juggling water. <laughs> you kind of just can never really do it, but you're always trying. So. Their, their information always is changing for re-experts. Um, there's always the question of, hey, where do I get my license keys? Because um, not everybody is using the community forms, right? Uh, not everybody has a VMTN um, username, password, you know, account on VMTN. So there's definitely the best way to communicate with these guys is over email that we discovered. So um, by building the vExpert self-service portal, you'll be able to go in and, and, and update your information rather than filling out the, sh the shorter form next year. You'll be able to just go, hey, click a button. Hey, I want to raise my hand for vExpert again this year, and then update your information. So it's going to be a, a real simple to use, um, easy platform for vExperts. That's, that's, one, that's one of the items. Um, the second item is that some of the feedback that we got from vExperts um, at VMworld is to kind of identify um, some of the some of the V experts you know that we've had for seven seven years, and uh, so we're definitely going to do some things around that as well. Yeah, I you know we, and and I spoke with uh, our our fearless leaders and talked to them about what we want to do with the program next year and how how we could segment out those people. And I think I think this is interesting to mention because uh, you know the the current idea is one by year, right? How many years have you been a V expert and uh, how much, you know, how much, you know, how many years, how many years did you get the award? And so you might have been a expert in 2006 and 2007, which would be two years, but then skip eight, nine, and maybe you've been one for 10 or 11. And then, so you might have like a expert four, right, where you've been a expert for four years. And that way we can actually reward experts that have had, you know, long-term expert kind of certification, um, or not certification, but basically award, um, by having like a expert 7 and a expert 9 and a expert 10, um, some kind of designator on your expert uh, number, you know, brand that had, had your number with it, right? Um, and there's pros and cons to that, right, that, that, that come along, right? I mean, I can imagine some pros, right, that uh, one, right. you can go through and say, look, I'm a expert 9, right? The, the drawback of that is that your brand every year needs to change, and you've got to go change your logo on your site, right? Every time you get a, a new expert award, you, you now up, up your classification by another year. So maybe we would do something like the expert 0 to 3, 3 to 5, 5 to 7, 7 to 10, 10 to 15, some other designator than just a year so that you don't have to change all your logos and your logo wear, your T-shirt, whatever, right? Uh, doesn't have to change every time you want to use that brand, right? Um, right. What do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, definitely a conversation to have there. Uh, I think most of the experts right now are with, on their blogs. They're using um, the vExpert uh, 2015 badge, but on their business cards, they'll use just a vExpert logo, so uh, so they don't have to keep changing their business cards every year. So, uh, but once a year, they do go in and change their uh, Change the logos on their blogs. Um, so, in the yeah, definitely... so in the portal environment, would you build that to be able to handle the the, the number of years that a person has been there? Where are you going to store that data, and do we have that data? Um, I 
Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm pretty sure we do have that data. Um, I'll have to go back and sift through all of it. Um, the, that is going to be the biggest challenge of of the portal is figuring out um, who was the who, you know, who was the expert in previous years. Um, I know I have my personal data since I took over the program. Um, I do have some of John's data as well, um, but I, I think that the, probably the, <laughs> this is going to be the worst part of it is is um, we could go back if we had to and look at uh, blog announcements and compare names there. Um, that would be the last step if we don't have, actually have the application data. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm not sure we have the old 2006, 2007, 2008 lists, right? They were still pretty small. They were in, you know, 280. I remember when we were 250, right, for a lot right. of years. It was like 247, 250, 253, right? Uh, and it wasn't until you took over that we actually then started to expand the program, right, and right. work on ways to explain to people how to become a V-expert and what we were looking for, that we actually grew it up, you know, into the into the 800 to 900, 2,000 to, to beyond. So we probably have a lot of that data. Um, just a little bit curious on how uh, uh, the expert ranking would be versus uh, some other brand that indicates, you know, how long you've been there. Um, then the other thing that uh, we got, I have feedback I got back on this, right, when reviewing with leadership is um, it would be nice to be able to segment people based on skills, right? Like, uh, so in the space of where Microsoft at 3,000, if we were going to have 3,000 V experts, you know, do we want to segment it out by region and also by skill type, right? Are you a blogger? Are you an evangelist? Are you a technical expert, right? And if you're a technical expert, what area are you comp competent in, right? And so that's the other thing that we looked at. It's like you could be a V expert on NSX, right? Um, or you right. could be a V expert around EUC, uh, and we've talked about that in the past, right? Like, remember, we had the pro designator, and we were considering NSX uh, networking. Um, and so those, we could do year, plus we could do functional, right? And even if we don't do that brand, we should probably have that anyway. We should probably uh, segment that, right? All, you know, be able to segment that in that new portal so that when you come into that portal, you might register what your major skill set is, right? So then if we want to work with you, do something with you, try to feed you business or have you get exposure, um, right? We could do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Have, actually, the portal would have yeah, that. I, yeah, I started collecting that data last year, um, you know, uh, and I broke it up by uh, – um, not by product, but kind of by product. It, it, you know, I broke it up by networking, um, storage, um, the cloud air. So there were, there were different questions that I asked, you know, kind of what, what do you, what do you see yourself as an expert in, right? So do you see yourself as an expert in, in, in NSX? Do you see yourself an expert in ESX? Uh, so I started collecting that data about a year ago. Uh, we've, we've, we've done a little bit with that, but, uh, but not to the extent that we're talking today. Yeah, right. Right. So, yeah, and I think our opportunity of building the self-serve portal is an opportunity to actually start to collect that data, parse that data, figure out how we're going to use it, and then and then go forward. I think we got a lot of feedback from the expert meeting uh, in the U.S. that having that kind of segmentation by year and seniority would be something that would be very interesting to a lot of the older experts, right, who feel like they've got significantly more skin in the game year after year after year, 
but don't really get any reward or visibility around that. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. And, and we want to definitely address that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I think where we're going. Um, what about the VMTN brand? Uh, 2016, I think is going to be the year for VMTN, right? I think we're going to rebrand communities where it's communities on the homepage of VMware.com. The link is called communities. And I think we're going to change that to VMTN. And then programs under there will be known as programs under VMTN. So bringing back the VMTN brand is one of the things that we're also looking at at 2016. What do you think about that? I think it's great. Um, I, I, I think bringing back VMTN is great. Um, I've always, I, I still to the, today refer to communities as VMTN, and I actually kind of have to stop myself and go, oh, and VMware, you know, it's VMware communities. So, uh, yeah, yeah there's, there, it's definitely a gap there, um, but there wasn't years ago. So bringing that back and using, using VMTN as a strong brand, I think that's, I think that's great. I think, I think it's a really great idea, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I, I get a little bit uh, confused when we start layering brands upon brands, right? Like, uh, so, so one, of the, one of the things that I discussed was like, okay, so we got the VMware brand. Yay, that's great, right? And we got the VExpert brand, right? And then we have the VMTN brand, right? And then we're looking at also the developer brand, right? So we're looking at VMware code as the developer brand, right? And one of the things that we talked about in this space is do we roll – everything up as a VMTN program, like so the VMTN VExperts or the VMTN code program. And I'm like, I can't see having the VMware VMTN code program, right? Like to me, yeah. that this would be, yeah. would be confusing, right? Like, well, yeah, then there's like, well, maybe we just refer to as VMTN code, right? And it's like, yeah, but people view VMTN as like our, technical network focused on technical questions around virtualization, not necessarily writing code or where I would go learn about coding practices for cloud native apps or coding practices for vCloud Air or coding practices for uh, even VMware as a whole, right? Um, I don't know if, and the question was, do we think we could take VMTN and make VMTN a broader brand, right, to reflect all of these things, right, as a community brand, not a technical brand. And I'm like, well, but the problem with that is that VMTN means VMware technical network, right? And I'm not sure that technical network refers to coders. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think, well, one, at one, I think there's some brand confusion there if you if you refer to roll everything up under VMTN. Um, I think that I, I think that the developer VMware code is separate from VMTN. Uh, maybe it's just because you know I've been here nine years and a little bit old school. But when I think of VMware technical network, I think of it as a place you go and have Q and A on technical um, conversations. Um, I don't see it as uh, a single guy writing code um, all by himself, downloading uh, docs and how to on how to write code or APIs. Um, I think that is is, is a different. Um, segment. So I think that is, is not VMTN. Right, right. That's what that's what I would assume. And um, I'm I'm seeing some a lot of a lot of movement on the chat. You know, expressing that same uh, <laughs> that's that same opinion. Right. So 
It's like, in fact, there's yeah, a well, single comment. Just that, that, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there isn't a single comment that that says anything about bad about what you just said. It's like, I mean, right. nobody's <laughs> complaining about keeping VMTN as a technical network, right? Um, right. Which is kind of what our, our my feeling is, right? That um, I really like the code brand. So the the code pro, the code program will be kind of a developer program, much the way the expert is a you know is a community brand. Um, but then I think one of the things is we're a little worried about is if we start getting all these brands, right? Then you get like you're part of VMTN, you're a V expert, and you're also part of code, right? And geez, you're going to have a your business card is going to have seven brands listed, and that's not even what you do, right? So, so I think there's a little bit of you know discussion that we're still having, and so being uh, on the community podcast, we're always looking for feedback. So if you have feedback on this, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're driving in a car, and you've listened to the VMTN, you've listened to the code, you've listened to VMware, and you have an opinion about uh, what, how it makes sense, you can always send myself enielson at vmware.com or cromero at vmware.com some, some ideas and feedback. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly take snippets of that and send it to our, our leadership. Um, we don't really need you to, but uh, if you feel like it, you certainly can. Um, so for 2016, yeah. do you want to hear what your target is for 2016 on number of the experts? I think I already know. <laughs> you think you already know. <laughs> go, <just> go ahead. <laughs> Let me see if my pen has enough. Let me see if my pen has enough ink. <laughs> no, we're thinking since we're fifteen hundred now, yeah. there shouldn't be any reason by the time we separate <laughs> off by years and by categories. You should be able to hit three thousand. No problem. <laughs> Seventeen million dollars. <laughs> Uh, well, I went back to leadership. I said, look, you know, for, for 2016, it's really not about the numbers. It's not about how many people we have in the program. It's what we're doing with the people, right, and how we're, right. how we're empowering the people and getting people engaged with the content and exposing their blogs and, and enabling them to be better evangelists, right, and better advocates for VMware. And so I actually didn't put a number in my slides going up for 2016 review, right? I just right. said that, look, uh, we're going to really do these things with the program, we're going to make the program better. We're going to make the program um, more optimized and make the program more valuable for VMware and valuable for the the advocates themselves. Um, and 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 I sold that pretty well. I did a pretty good job with that, right? Um, yeah, well, I think that so, makes a lot of sense. I, I I think what we did in the past couple of years is we we went out and exposed the program to more people, talked to more people right. about about what they were doing. So a lot of the a lot of these people were actually already blogging and doing these things. That didn't even know about the experts. So we, we reached to a lot of people, and I think as you know, where we sit now at the fifteen hundred mark is a is a pretty pretty good number. Um, I don't think growing the program makes the program better, but I think um, keeping it pretty stable and then growing the people in the program themselves, um, you know, in, engaging them and uh, you know, offering different tools and and different things to to the the experts is actually more valuable than uh, than a bigger number. So, All right. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I presented, and uh, based on my 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 eloquent uh, messaging, um, your new number is two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if any of you listeners out there that have friends and family that would also like to be a V expert, all you got to do is reach out to Corey Romero at cromero vmware.com and you too can become a V expert at at VMware. We will have a video training series that will show you how to become a V expert, what it means to be a V expert, you know, what free licenses you get, and you know if you don't have a computer, it's a okay. We can ship you one of those too. <laughs> I actually just got an application from John Troyer's dog and John Troyer's cat. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the V Expert program. <laughs> we speak cat. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's turning out to be a fairly good. You know, I'm going to get in trouble for this podcast. I think I'm just going to delete it, right? Because this is not going to go well. Robin Matlock, if you're if you're listening, we're just having fun. We are very excited about the V Expert program. And uh, Robin does come in every once in a while and listen to the expert the podcast, and I appreciate that she does that. And uh, we do have a lot of fun, and we do like to tell jokes. But we are really looking forward to 2016. I think if we build a program right and we add value to the program, I don't think there's any problem, you know, adding more people to the program as long as we build the infrastructure to support it so that everybody's right, right. getting value out of it and we're doing a good job with that, which is going to be our number one thing for 2016. It's not necessarily about hitting the number. We should always have some growth goals. We should always look at inc- being more inclusive and getting out and reaching more people. I know a lot of the experts thought that, you know, the expert was a reward that, you know, it was an exclusive, I'm great because I'm a the expert. But that's not really what the program is about. The program is about enabling people to be advocates, right? The more advocates we can have, the more enabled they are, the better we are, the better, the more healthy VMware is. We're like the the good probiotic shield that that that, that moves us through the market, right? And, uh, and so it's not an exclusive program. Um, if we could train the experts to then also train new VX experts, that would be awesome, right? So we're talking a little bit about that. So our goal is to build the program up. Microsoft has, you know, 35, 4,000 MVPs in their program. So we know it's possible. We're looking at how they grew to the next level. We're always looking at that. But from the feedback we've gotten from the experts also, we also want to be able to separate it so that we have recognition for people that have been a V expert for a long time, recognition on the skill level that you bring as a program, right? So we think that's part of the growth of the program is to be able to segment out that and make sure we have that for people so that people, so that the new V experts in new regions and new countries, you know, that are brand new, you know, are not taking away from some of these guys that have been in the program now for almost 10 years. This guy, I think the expert started in 2006 or 2007. Uh, and so, you know, we don't want to discredit those guys either because they, they do a ton right. for us. Right. So, right. Well, that's pretty cool stuff. I got to look at the clock. I don't know what time we started, right? I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't minutes. know what time we started. I don't know what time we started. I just looked at it. two thirteen. I don't know what time we started either, but. Right, that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we must have started at two, you know, one twenty or something like that, right? So, so we have maybe another four, fifteen minutes here on the podcast to make it the hour long show. We got a late start today, and we've been off time. So sorry about that. You guys are listening to the podcast everywhere, downloading off iTunes. Uh, we're still getting the three thousand a week. Uh, pretty cool. Um, thank you for listening. We still got some time left. Uh, let's see on the agenda. So we've done, uh, 2016 planning for communities and the expert. That's kind of cool. VMTN. That's good. Uh, next thing, uh, we want to talk about 
Uh, we can talk about vCloud Air for a moment. That was in the news, and I know we haven't, we didn't really drill down on that. Um, I have a little bit to say about that, which is, so people ask me, um, what are we doing with uh, vCloud Air um, and VirtuStream and the buy, right? So uh, I can drill down a little bit on that. Um, one thing, uh, first off, I'm saying is vCloud Air is still vCloud Air, right? So uh, we still have vCloud Air as a service. We still have offerings. We do still vCloud Air DR, right? So it's Halloween. We were going to talk a little bit about, you know, bad, bad, bad data center stories. But, you know, vCloud Air DR is out there. We sell it. It's been one of the hot sellers on vCloud Air, right? And um, that's still being sold. We're just bundling that whole product line up uh, and moving it into VirtuStream. And then all of VMware salespeople now are actually comped for selling VirtuStream and vCloud Air all together, right? So in a very real sense, uh, we've even though we say we spun this off to a different company, all the financial results of that company is reported as VMware. So I'm not sure why we just didn't list it as VirtuStream, the, the, the uh, cloud service offering from VMware, right? Because in a real sense, the financial numbers roll up into VMware. Um, VMware is joint ownership of it, but all the finances roll up into VMware. We'll be reporting it as our numbers, and all our salespeople are comp to sell the service. And so, really, VirtuStream is just a VMware offering, right, under the VirtuStream brand. And then vCloud Air is a product that VirtuStream now owns, right, and uh, all rolls up into VMware. So, I yeah. fundamentally, if you're listening to this podcast and trying to figure it all out. You know, don't say this publicly. You know, this isn't. Uh, you know, this isn't official from VMware. But in a real sense, VMware just owns the thing. This is this is VMware's cloud offering now. Um, so there you go. That's the that's kind of the story. There is that. Yeah, we've just expanded what our cloud offerings are from vCloud Air to VirtuStream with vCloud Air. And then VirtuStream has massive data centers, right? They offer big data center outsourcing. Uh, so they're, 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 they're a cloud provider, but they're also a kind of a, you know, uh, put your data center over here at our – and they, so they do big SAP implementations, and they, they, they've done big customers doing big implementations of big things, running in, you know, uh, their data center, in VirtuStream's data center. And so from a real sense, this gives vCloud Air capacity – where we VMware had to build vCloud Air data centers out from scratch, they're going to just move all the vCloud Air services into the big VirtuStream data centers, right? Which I think, um, which is a good thing for anybody that's buying vCloud Air. You won't, you know, won't notice the shift, right? That's going to happen behind the scenes. But they're going to just move all of the vCloud Air services, the backend services, into VirtuStream. Data centers, um, yeah. and I don't. And I think VirtuStream will actually absorb some of the the current data centers as well. Um, so that's kind of how that that's going to work out. Which I think actually just gives VMware more credibility in the cloud business, which is what they want. I actually believe personally that um, that uh, VMware was instrumental in buying VirtuStream. I mean, it was, EMC actually did the purchase, but if you look at who was driving that, uh, that business, it was, it was actually uh, VMware that was actually the one that instigated that purchase because I think they wanted more capacity. I'm trying to look online, VirtuStream. What, how do we spell VirtuStream? Where do I go to their website? I'm looking for VirtuStream online. 
I can't find it. Right? No. How how do we spell it? It is V I V I R T U S T R E A M. Uh virtues virtue I have virtual stream. There we go. Virtue, oh virtue, virtue. I can't find it. Virtue stream. There we go. I was going to look at the what customers they have because apparently they have big data centers and they have some pretty big customers. So I was going to go check and see if they've actually got listed who their customers are. See if we can see some some of those guys. Company careers newsroom, but they have a full website. You can go check out their services. Um, and yeah, they have um, a customer list. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm seeing the customer list here. Where are you seeing it? Oh, customers, right on the right there. You go. Yeah, right. And then underneath that, you'll see customer list. Right. Rich stream customers, customer success stories, wide range of industries. I don't see customer list. Where are you seeing customer list? So at the very top, just under customers. In, in, in gray, there you go, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a menu item, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So they got Lexmark, SAP, Heinz, Hess. Uh, they have yeah. done a lot of, you know, uh, expansion of data center capacity, off-prem data center expansion. That's the way I look at it. Um, I laugh because I, I I used that term with the VPs when I was presenting 2016, uh, and I was like, look, you know, I'd like to call it off-prem data center capacity, right? And, they look at me and go, you don't, call, it is. you don't call it cloud? And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> call me old school. <laughs> I call well, it off-prem data center capacity, right? Uh, <laughs> but they have that, and they do that, and they have been doing it, and they have big customers, and they have big data centers globally. And so, you know, we paid $2 billion to get at that, that infrastructure, and then we're putting another billion dollars into that infrastructure so that when we talk hybrid cloud and we talk about being able to V motion from your data center into the hybrid into the cloud environment, you know, right now we were talking about V motioning into our data centers um, that were just built and operated, and we didn't really operate them that well. Uh, now you bring in VirtuStream, who's been operating, you know, off-prem data centers for a lot of years, and if you look at the customers, Intel, Kawasaki, uh, Hess. You know, Domino, just big customers, you, you know, this brings a lot of horsepower to that story of the hybrid environment, right, which is clearly where VMware is going. So I think right. that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I still like the idea of being able to give everybody a free VM on any kind of off-prem environment so you can start to learn the, the environment. Question for you, on the vCloud Air vExpert, um, everybody for vExpert's got, you know, a $600 credit, right? Is that that's the, that's still that was the case, right? I think we made that offer to all the experts was a six hundred dollar credit for vCloud Air, so you could go in and get started and set things up. Right. Yes. Right. You remember yeah. that? Do you know oh, yeah. if there was a Do you know if there was a, a two month limit on that, or did that go all year? Uh, how, yeah, how long I, did I'm, you have I, to I'm, use I'm, your six hundred dollars? I'm pretty positive that was that was for a year. For a year. Uh, okay. the, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty okay. positive that was for right. a year. Okay, so that's what I've discovered about vCloud Air and their offerings. They have these coupon numbers, right, that we give away, and we did that for vExperts where we gave $600 coupons to vExperts. But each one of those coupons has a different timeline, right? So we had some uh, that we were giving away at Spring One, right, where we gave away $300 coupons for Spring One. But those guys, um, those guys only were valid for two months. 
So you had two months to spend $300 versus all year to spend $300. So interesting scenarios there. Um, so be aware if you're using coupons, you have to pay attention to the coupon duration when you're getting free cloud services from, from us. Um, we're still going to work on what that means. Uh, we definitely want to get vCloud Air into the experts' hands. We're still supporting vCloud Air. vCloud Air is now going to be part of the VirtuStream team. Uh, they took all of the, the, the employees and resources uh, and moved them into the VirtuStream uh, environment and company, right? So now all of those people that were on vCloud Air are now um, VirtuStream employees, which is which is interesting for most of those guys. Sorry to to lose so many v, VMware employees. I think there were under a hundred that went over, but you know, some name some number like that. Um, but in that same time, we got the technology from VirtuStream. So VirtuStream drives on top of ESX. They use ESX, and they have a bunch of cloud technology that they offer. And uh, we picked up about 100 employees from VirtuStream that are working now on the development teams, um, and we will be developing cloud data center technologies for for uh, anybody that's in the hosting business, right? So if you're in the off-prem business, um, then you will be you'll be using VMware technology to do that, right? And so we've spun up a group that will be focused on uh, building technology for cloud providers. Uh, about a hundred of those uh, employees came over from VirtuStream to work at VMware to work on the technology that cloud providers use. And then we're going to offer this technology out not only to VirtuStream but anyone else that's in the cloud provider business. And we do have cloud, a, a cloud provider network that we support. So pretty cool right. technology. Looking forward to it. I think it's a good win. I think it's a move forward. vCloud Air DR, vCloud Air, all that still exists, continues on. Uh, but now we're going to have bigger, better uh, off-prem compute resources, right? or what we call cloud resources. I right. saw a study published yesterday uh, one of the tech conferences going on um, uh, published that 75% of IT uh, capacity over the next five years will be running in a hybrid cloud environment or some kind of cloud environment. 75% of all application workloads will move into cloud infrastructure and be delivered as a service and be delivered either in hybrid or at least from a cloud infrastructure service delivery perspective. So it might be an internal cloud, right, uh, where you've built up your, your your data center into a cloud that you're offering services in, the, in on demand-based payment environments like cloud, uh, cloud capability, and then um, – 75% of all businesses will offer their computing environment that way. So much like when virtualization took over and we saw you know, 60 to 70% of all workloads being virtualized, over the next five years we're going to see all of those workloads be offered in a consumable cloud fashion. Right? And then I think like 30 or 40% of them will be offered up in a hybrid environment where you have off-prem, on-prem, type uh, compute capacity that can offer up those services. So some services might be offered in off-prem, 
because the data that they're holding is not you know, sensitive. And then other cloud services might be on-prem because of government regulations or healthcare regulations or other regulations that mean that the data has to actually be on-prem and then the service naturally fits better if you just run that in your on-prem cloud environment. So hybrid cloud seems to be uh, becoming very real, and whether you have on-prem or off-prem, it'll all be cloud service consumable. So, pretty fascinating there. So that's my virtue stream, you know, spin. I think we're coming up on the hour. Um, we might have to delay the the badass machines until until next week or the week after. Um, yeah, we did okay. we did a, do an interesting hire. Um, let's see if I can get the guy's name. I met him the other day. I think it was. Pretty cool in this space. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast or bring him in every once in a while for a guest. Um, uh, can I find this guy's name? Hmm, probably not. Yeah, Daniel Valak. So this guy, Daniel Valak, is, uh, worked at Microsoft. He was the Skype API engineer uh, or guy responsible for Skype, Skype API. So if you wanted to build cloud services with Skype, um, you went to Daniel. He built the program, right, and had a developer program that and built the APIs and worked with engineering to drive the APIs. So a lot of people are actually now building uh, Skype-like services into their SaaS services using the Skype APIs, and he built that at Microsoft. Um, and we've hired him away, and he uh, he has come down and he has started to work with us on on some of the developer program, the code program, uh, which I gotta give Daniel a welcome. Uh, we'll bring him on the show. Uh, he also builds uh, badass Windows 10 machine because um, obviously it's from Microsoft, and so he spent some time doing that. And he built a custom-cooled machine, water-cooled, and we're talking like big hoses, like garden hose size hoses that go off of his CPU down in the base where he has like eight fans blowing on it, and he's clocked his eight-core Intel processor up to, up to 6.2 gigahertz. Which I, I found pretty pretty fascinating, right? So, and he has three high-end graphics cards, right? The dual card, dual port cards that you know have fans yeah. themselves in them. Yeah, yeah. So pretty. I thought my my custom machine that I built with uh, that I took a Mac case, uh, took the old Mac tower case and gutted it and put in a water cooled, you know eight core Intel processor and did all that, but I didn't, I didn't overclock it and, but I water cooled it and did a lot, but I only had one graphics card, which is great for gaming, whatever. I don't need three monitors, but we were, we were sharing stories and Daniel has done a uh, three graphics card, high end can run any <laughs> game in the highest resolution, eight core Intel clocked up to 6.2 gigahertz with garden hose, water style cannon jet waters, Spraying. I'm just kidding. Um, I want to go play, machine. play play games at his house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My house just has Oculus Rift, and yeah, right, exactly. I gotta say, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, maybe we'll do a show just on it because, in the end, aren't we all in computer science because we like to mess with computers? Um, so that's my take. And even though we've gone virtual on a lot of machines. It's still kind of cool to get down to your own machine and do some cool stuff with it, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's yeah. that's how I that's how I started computers. Is but thanks for everybody. Yeah. Thanks for everybody joining us this week, um, and thanks for all the live chatter. We've seen a lot of stuff flow by. Not a single ne- negative chat on the chat window today. 
So appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, we'll be here again next week with uh, Ryan Johnson, and uh, I think they're going to try to do desktop version two. And we got a couple other people that have requested show uh, show show topics, so we'll get those scheduled and be back again next week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, have a great week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.